It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to worship. Today is May. Saturday, May 21st, 2022, the third Saturday of May. Greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. Welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve targeted individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with us. Your presence is very important to us, and thank you for coming. We pray that something that is said or done today will encourage you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your favor, making a way even when we don't see it. Our serving team today is Brother Rob Pierce who serves as our Zoom moderator, Sister Helena Thompson, our Minister of Music. Pastor Wilson will offer the altar prayer today. Pastors Terrence and Pam Wilson will deliver the preach word. Sister Greta Ayers will offer the invitation to discipleship. We ask all of you to pray in your daily prayers for Refuge from the Storm Church members, the Worldwide Church, our families and friends, PIs around the world, and advocacy and activist groups, whistleblowers, the loved ones of those who have died from targeting, died from the coronaviruses and other catastrophic illnesses. Also pray that all government officials be moved by the Holy Spirit to discern the will of God, to do it and not do their will. Pray for world peace. Pray for the Ukrainian people, especially the refugees. Pray for all refugees in the world, particularly Haitian and African refugees in Europe as well as in the U.S. seeking to come to the U.S through Mexico. Pray for all victims of the worldwide climate crisis. Pray for all victims, families, victims, the families of victims of mass shootings, most recently in Buffalo, New York, and Laguna Woods, California. Thank you for your attention. Let us listen to a praise and worship song. After that, I will lead you through the rest of the worship service. As a friendly reminder, please mute your phone if there is any background noise where you are by pressing star six. Be blessed. Amen. Amen. That song is from Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you. 
that is a blessing because God has plans for each and every one of us. And good evening. Thank you so much again for us um, uh, asking us to join the fellowship this evening. It's always an honor to be a part of the uh, Refuge from the Storm Church service. So I will, I'd like to introduce my husband and pastor, Pastor Terrence Wilson, for readings, and, and also thank Dr. Uh, Wilson Black for inviting us, as, as always, a sister in Christ, a great friend. Thank you. Amen. Good evening, everybody. This is May 21st, 2022. Oh, one other thing I forgot to say. It's wow. Pastor Terrence's birthday today. Well, thank yes. God. Yes. See another Happy one. Amen. Birthday, yes. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Thank you, honey. I started yeah. celebrating Friday. Happy night. birthday. Thank you so much, church family. Thank you. I tell you one thing. It's good to be alive. I just said it's good. I don't need a lot of, I told Father, I don't need a lot of presents. All I need, if I get to see another day, I could just say hallelujah, Lord. I got up this morning. I had my, had the use of my arms, my legs, and, you know, had a little food and shelter. We had a heat wave down here. But I just thank you. Thank you so much. You pray for us, our ministry. We'll be praying for you guys. And thank you so much. God, it's, it's all his doing tonight. Give him the glory for all these years that he's blessed me and uh, and kept me and kept Pamela. We thank you. Now let's go ahead and get on to the sermon. We got kingdom business to talk about today. Amen. So today we're going to talk about a topic that may be controversial, maybe not. I don't know. But sometimes it is. And we're going to talk about our God-given rights and rights that we have that did not come from human beings, but they came from God. Like people talk about free speech, uh, a right of free speech is a government right, but it really isn't. God gave us a voice. He gave us uh, lungs and he gave us a voice to talk. Those things come from God. The government is only supposed to um, help execute the rights that God has already given us. Now, if we look at the Declaration of Independence, it begins with this statement. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, among them being life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now that came, you guys, everybody studied this in school, the Declaration of Independence, the Second Continental Congress adopted that on July 4th, 1776, which is why we celebrate the 4th of July, because that was the day we declared our independence. But the very first part of it is talking about rights from God. You don't hear very many politicians today talk about God or the rights from God. Why do you think that you know what? Because I think we need to get back. We need to we need to we need to do an awakening in this country. I, my prayers, like I said, go out to all the gun violence that happened, the shootings in the Buffalo, California, uh, Memphis, uh, and in Dallas. There were shootings down there. We have some serious major problems right now, and this is what I've been saying for the longest. When we teach, it is imperable when God's people preach to the the world. Please, they, I don't know what it is. They want to spend more time on social media, but we need to be seeking God's face more than ever because there is a scripture in the Bible tells us the nation that forgets God and the one that does not protect Israel, the Bible said God will take his hand off that nation. If he take his hand off this nation, you haven't seen nothing yet. You, this is just a scratch of the surface. And like I said, anytime we take God, if God is not going to be God, this is the conflict they had when Elijah and um, when uh, they having him when he challenged the false prophets. 
Baal and what he was proud of. Because Elijah was told, if you follow God, if let God be God. If you follow Baal, then follow Baal. Because you go, you, you can't stay in the middle. You're going to yeah. have to choose who you're going to serve. Mm -hmm. Now, children of God, we are Christians. And I'm going to tell you something. The world is going to become a little bit more estranged from God. That's what the Bible said in the last days. Many of the many of will wax cold and they'll become more wicked because they'll harden their hearts against God. God is calling us back into if the United States repent right now and we get on our knees, just think about this. I'll just use the president Biden. He's the president of the country right now. And if he got down and he called the day of fast, it could turn things around. It's kind of, but they're not going to do that because the problem is they're not going to humble themselves before God. I'm not seeing that right now. I haven't seen that in many. The only time we see them come together is when we have a a, a, a shooting or like, something happens. Then we're ready to hear from God. This is the attitude that we have in this country right now. Is I'm Lord, I'm not listening. But when the crisis come, I'm listening. We can't have that. This is the same thing. I just got through reading the book of Chronicles. And that's why it says, if my people mm -hmm. humble themselves yeah. and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then he'll, God can heal our land. He can restore. But the problem is you can't get the high and mighty folks on both sides of these aisles. And I'm talking about Democrats, Republicans, and, and, and new. you cannot even get them to humble themselves to even hear God's voice. Now tell me, how was anything in our lives are going to exceed without God. Oh, it may succeed for a while, but sooner or later, it'll fall and collapse. And God is saying, okay, they'll be back. I'm just sitting there waiting. Well, they humble themselves. I'm right here. Now, as Pamela's talk about the Declaration of Independence, um, we went up to D.C. and Pamela had a meeting for work. I remember this, and they wound up being canceled, but we had already made the reservation, so we could not cancel the trip. Otherwise, we would have to forfeit all of that because we didn't have insurance. But let me make this short. That time we went up there, it was cold, it was snowing, but we got a chance to go and see the actual documentation, the paper itself, the Declaration of Independence. We also saw the, uh, the Malcolmation Proclamation of Freeing the Slaves. We saw all of these things with our eyes. And it's just unbelievable. You see this and you read it in your, in your books, but when you see it in person, it's a lot different. These Documents are so guarded, they have to have a guard on each one of these uh, things right here. So go ahead, sweetie, right So there. you're talking about, when Terrence was mentioning we went to D.C., and I grew up in the D.C. area, so we would often go down there and look at historical things and mm -hmm. <clears throat> stand where people that made history that, you know, helped draft the uh, documents of this country, where they actually stood. And many of you have probably been there before and gone on field trips or something. But if you think about the Declaration of Independence, three of the major words there are life, liberty, or three statements, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the first one is life. Now, since the beginning of our nation, many people have tried to take these rights from people, debated who should have these rights. When slaves were brought here, they were denied the right to liberty, life, and happiness. They were denied those things. They thought they don't deserve, they're more like a cow or, or something that I own. So they don't deserve to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In early years, sometimes women were denied these rights. They were thought of as a man's, almost as a man's property, mm -hmm. that they couldn't um, make decisions for themselves, that they couldn't vote, they couldn't own property in some cases. So they had to fight to get these rights. In some, in some cases, women are still fighting to get paid the same as men in, you know, across the board in different uh, professions. And in, in recent years, newly conceived human beings are being denied their rights. Now, they're human beings, and they're people in the womb, and I call them people because they're people, 
They're being denied rights, rights given to them by God. God gave it to them. Every conception, in, you know, some of them are done in unfortunate ways, but are created by God. The right to life and our basic rights come from God. They do not come from the government. The government's only charged, as I said, with executing its statutes on earth. The government is not granting you the right to life, but it came from God. Hey, you know what? That is so true. We went to a we went to a church fellowship, and um, Avita King was there. Uh, Dr. King's niece was there, and she gave a moving testimony about she felt so guilty about the things that she may I openly say mm -hmm. the truth. She she said openly, so and don't need to me covering. Yeah, she she's okay. She talked about and explain what she said. She said that she had gotten. She had ended a lot of pregnancies. I think she said like seven, but I, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, exactly. she did. This but is she her own testimony. She, she, God told her that, used that as a testimony right, to right. show that though she fell into whatever reasons why she didn't want those pregnancies, right. that she has to fight for the unborn. That's right. one of the things God charged her with doing. Right. And as a black woman, um, I guess you don't see a lot of black people sticking up for the unborn. You just don't see that. And so she did that and she was kind of unusual, but she gave a very moving testimony. And she did. And God, you know, and God is faithful enough that he said, we confess our sins. He will faithful forgive us. That I believe that's in the book of John. He said, he, we, we confess our sins one to another. Now you got to be careful who you confess them to because everybody don't have your best interest at heart. But I do know one thing. If we confess our sins to God, he is and repent and turn. God said, I will throw it, cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. Now, let's go back but, to what I was saying. This mm -hmm. one point I'm most of because I was getting me today. I'm trying to balance it with today and biblical times back in the Old Testament. When Elijah stood against the false prophets, the one thing that they, Baal wanted, demanded, was human sacrifice. That was one of the biggest issues. They wanted to sacrifice children and throw them into the fire, into the altar. Well, if you ever go to any of these places like the Mayan temples, if you ever go to the temples, if you ever get a chance to go to Jordan, that's what Moab was. And they demanded a certain amount of kids had to be thrown into the fire as a human sacrifice. And God was so angry with them that what he did, he sent Baal and he, he, they demanded that because this was satanic. This was Satan saying right now. But what Elijah did, he decided, he said, okay, there was a confusion between the people. So he says, bring on the 400 false prophets of Baal. And if, if you want to follow them, then follow them. If God be God, then call God be God. But all of this stuff is nothing new. This stuff has been, like I said, there's nothing new under the sun. This is just disguised under different headings, under different quotes. And you remember one thing, when they when they when Elijah when he let them go first, he realized they were false. He showed the people and demonstrated not his power, but he demonstrated them that these were false demonic forces that were talking to these false prophets of Baal. And so when Elijah, when the fire came down and consumed his offering to the Lord, and God demonstrated his power, the Bible the Bible said the people fell down and they repented and said, "He is Lord." Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. And they grabbed the false prophets who was preaching false against the God of Israel, and they captured them, and they killed all of them. They killed all because they were showing contention. They were showing confusion. Now, let me tell you something. Anytime a nation 
gets out of the will of God, get ready because chaos and confusion and the Bible says every evil works will take place. And God did not say, and, and, and he, now one thing I will say this is that God understands that our hearts, but Paul also tells us, one of us, do not let your liberty, do not use it as an as a, the opportunity to sin. One of the problems that they had with Jesus when he came, well, this is why they didn't know him, is because when you look at the Sanhedrin, they were supposed to be the moral compass of the nation at that time. But they, what happened was, but that's why when you read in the scripture, it's talk about Caiaphas was the high priest that year. The reason why they kept changing it every year, you had one person was selected inside the Sanhedrin to be the ruler each year for one year. And then what happened was every time they got in there, they started changing the laws and they wouldn't make it conducive for them to sin. So then when they changed it, they said, well, this is not a sin no more because we got a law now defended. And so when Jesus came, they could recognize him because they were so carnal minded. They were so far away from God. They couldn't even recognize the son of man when he was standing before him. This is how they went all away from God. That, that's really the problem today too. We have lost, uh, not us particularly on this call, but many people in our country have lost sight of who Jesus is. I mean, really, I, I asked that question because I heard somebody asking, who is Jesus to you? Not who is he? Like we know he's the son of God. He's, you know, he was born of a virgin. We know all that. But who is he to you? When you start thinking about who he really is to you, one thing I started doing recently is just saying, Lord, make your presence, make me aware and make me reverence and acknowledge and pay attention to your presence every day. We did a, uh, we, our, our New Year's little um, sign, we do a little New Year's saying every, the first of the day of the year. And our thing for this year was Jesus every day. And that was Hebrews 13 and eight. Jesus, mm -hmm. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he's the same yesterday, and the day, today, and forever, how can we then say, well, we're going to support this particular, you know, position because why? Because it's popular today. God didn't change his mind on that. And when it talks about, when the, when we talk about personhood, that's a big debate in things about who is actually a person. Who's a person? I mean, we know we can look at each other and say, Terrence is a person, Pamela's a person. You know, everybody on this call is a person. You know, my, my neighbor next door is a person. Some kids down the street are a person. But who is a person? Is a person in the womb a person? Mm -hmm. Well, let's see what God says about it. Jeremiah 1 and 5, and I'm not going to read the entire thing, but I'll read part, and you guys can please look these scriptures up later. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Does that sound like something that's talking to a blob, piece of blob of something? He's saying, I knew you. He's, he's talking about a person. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. So somebody was called in the womb. That's somebody that God recognized before birth. Psalms 139 and 13, beginning at 13 says, for you formed me in, in formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. Okay. Genesis 25 and 11 talks about Esau and Jacob fighting in the womb. They were real people right there. They were. There was a, one was Israel, one whose name Jacob became Israel stole Esau's birthright. And well, Esau, he tricked him and deceived him into it. And with a, a morsel of meat. 
And they were wrestling. The Bible said they were wrestling. The rule Esau came out first, and then uh, Jacob came out second. These are the two sons of Isaac and Rebekah. So it's important to know that they were specifically referenced as human beings while they were still in the womb. This is coming from God, Old Testament, Genesis 25 to 21, if you want to write that down. Luke 141, um, Elizabeth, when, when um, she heard Mary's voice, her, the, her babe in the womb, which was John, leaped. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. So that child in the womb was a real person. He was a real person. John, and you, we know who he was. He's the one who said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. But he was quoting, <laughs> quoting Old Testament when he said it. But, okay, Psalms 139 and 13. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. So I'll say those again, Jeremiah 1 and 5, Psalms 135 and 13, I'm sorry, Psalms 139 and 13, Genesis 25 and 21, Luke 1 and 41, Psalms 139 and 13. Now, this shows how God cares about yes, life and, and also too, I would, let me, let me, before I say anything further, there are groups that claim to be Christians, they go around causing confusion at these uh, parent Plant parenthood place. They go there bombing abortion. God is not in that foolishness. Mm. That is extremism. That's demonic. That's not God. The Bible said, God said, I will draw them with my loving kindness. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't, don't get the two confused because they think they rep. A lot of people say they represent God. They're not they're representing not. God mm -hmm. because the, the Bible says signs and wonders will follow you, not strife and confusion. Right. And, and the other that. thing, like that guy, remember right. that guy used to have the horrible signs? Yeah. He was he not. Put ugly no, signs no, of no, people. Right. Bloody you don't have to do all that. No. Who was that guy? Well, I, you know, we'll talk about, but let me get back to what I was saying through this part right here. As I was saying that also, too, now remember, think about this for one minute. All our mothers had us when they were when we were born. I was thinking about that today. When our mothers, when we gave birth to us, they took care and nurtured us when they was inside of uh, the body. And think about now. My mother used my mother told us when we were kids. She used to sing to us when we were when she was pregnant. My mother used to sing to us when she felt us kicking inside her. And that was a life that God had given us, given her to, you know, help promote the gospel. That's why the Bible says, Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the plans that yeah, I have for your yeah. life. Every one of y'all, your mother took you, your mother had you, your mother cared for you. She nurtured you. Now think about this. What if my mother or any one of our mothers would have decided on having an, uh, an abortion? We wouldn't be here right now preaching the gospel right now. We wouldn't be seeing, we wouldn't be teaching or preaching or evangelizing or spreading the we wouldn't be alive right now. So you you just said those were dreams that God had was not fulfilled. But even though God is merciful and forgiving and compassionate, the one thing I'm gonna say this life means a lot to God because when he breathed into the Bible, the Bible says in Genesis. When God breathed into man and then he breathed into woman, man became what? A living soul or living being. Now, two different versions right there, but it really means the same thing. We became in the soul. When we think about this, when we came out that first day, we had the blood over our head. We were screaming, attached to the cord, and our mother grabbed us as the doctor handed over to us. The child came forth and it breathed that first breath of life. It was the first day of life. And that is a day that God remembers even to this present time right now. That's why life means so much. Look how precious and beautiful uh, kids look when they're in the paternity ward. My mother was a nurse years ago, and my brother and I, we used to go up there and see the little babies in the, when they were born, and they were first born, and they would be 
stretching their fists out and they'd be yawning because they couldn't see for the first week or two because they could have got the eyesight. But they were such a beautiful sight. All those beautiful babies of all national. My mother used to, she used to rock them and kiss them and pray for them. And some of these little kids, they were at that particular time, heroin was a big issue at that time. And my mother, the ones that were addicted not because of their own doing, it's because of the parent that was addicted to it. My mother would pick up the child and she would just sing praises and they'll calm down their spirit because they would be shaken real bad. So my mother had the gift of healing basically the little babies, but I would sit there and just look at how beautiful this child look God created. And this child has a purpose. This child has a destiny, it has a calling. And no matter what nationality it is, God has a plan for that child's life. Amen. Amen. And that's why we played that song at the beginning from Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have Amen. for you, says the Lord. Now, God does not contradict himself. We all know that. People say, well, I found a contradiction in the Bible. No, it isn't. You must be reading it wrong. God does not contradict himself. And one thing that, that is a big thing right now is somebody's rights. Well, what about my rights? Right. Okay, so back in slavery times, Somebody thought they had the right to own another human being. We know that wasn't true. So somebody, the slave's rights were being violated, or maybe the, the person called himself the master, the owner. One of those people was, was misusing their rights. Which one do you think it was? Somebody was misusing a right that they thought they had, and it took away another person's right to be a free human being. That's the same thing here. You can't have a right that infringes infringes on a right God gave somebody else. Mm -hmm. God gave this person a right to life, getting back to what we said, mm -hmm. life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The very first uh, on that list is life. So if my right takes away your life, something's not right here. Now, it's not, and so people often talk about, well, what about the cruel people, cruel conceptions that are done in cruelty, rape or incest or some kind of human trafficking. And that those things do happen. And it's a hard choice for people. And God does forgive people who had to make those hard decisions. Right. But only 1% of pregnancies, and we looked at statistics, are from rape. And less than that, even a half percent come from incest, the results in pregnancies. So the majority of pregnancies are not from rape and incest, very, a very small amount of them. Okay. And people use that as a big, uh, I guess, arguing tool, thinking that maybe that will give them a right to kill a lot of kids that were just made conceived because it was just inconvenient or somebody was in the wrong relationship and with somebody that they didn't like or something. I remember my mom and dad, especially my dad, he would say this to my brother. I think I mentioned this, Pastor Millicent. He would say to my brother, he would never say it to us because of course girls were supposed to be celibate. But anyway, he would say to my brother, don't go laying down with anybody that you're not prepared to marry. If somebody is too ugly for you to marry or too stupid or you don't like them, don't get involved with them because if you conceive a child with them, you're getting married. I mean, that was just, that was that. So I think if we say that more, one thing I talk about a lot is mentoring young people and dealing with the root of unwanted pregnancies. We're Christian women and men on this call. We got access to young people, uh, children, grandchildren, people. This is where we fight this battle. This battle is not fought about abortion. This battle is fought about unwanted pregnancies. We have to mentor. God gives us, he, you know, he gives us, um, he talks about the older women mentoring the young women and teaching them to love their husbands and children. That's in, that's in the word. It says you should, older women should teach the young woman to love their husband. That's in Titus, I believe. We read that on Mother's Day. It doesn't say anything about any baby's father. 
your baby daddy or whatever we're calling it these days. It says, love your husbands and your children. And we're not mad at anybody that maybe can see. I mean, and God isn't either. But it's like, I remember back in time, this is what older women talked about to us, not just our moms, but people at church or, you know, different people. They were talking about that. They were very much advocates of marriage. Um, people were just married. I mean, in our neighborhood, people were married. Now somebody, we lived in, we lived in, during the Vietnam War. So a lot of people's dads died in Vietnam. But other than that, they were married couples. And that's not even like a big deal these days. People would rather pop a balloon and do a baby reveal than, than talk to these young people about what are the plans for you, this, this the two parents together and this child's future, not well, you can, your, the daughter can live with her mom and take care of the baby. The son can live with his mom and they'll get together on weekend. That is not no, God's no, typical no, plan no. for a, a, a family. No. And I'm not saying that, you know, people divorce and people die or whatever. It's not that it, it's, it's a, that you should be condemned if that happened, but we should make it a, a great amount of, um, a priority to talk about that to young people. Yeah, and also too, I you know I've had some young people in my family who uh, they made decisions outside of being married. I, we counsel to them right now, and I told them that God can turn it around right now. Okay, you didn't do it God's way, but now here is God's way. Now they come to us because I don't force nothing on them. Because one thing, everybody has to work out their own soul of salvation. The other things I want to say is our prayers and our heart go out to the ones that were of force through incest and rape. Uh, we pray for those victims because I think it's sad. It is so sad that 1% of the God do not hold that. He hold that against the perpetrator that did this evil mm-hmm. act against them. And I pray for those women. They didn't deserve that. They, they, they deserve honor and be held in high regard. But again, not that. that's Amen. still only 1% of right. pregnancies. And that is pushed so forward in this argument right. that you would think that half of pregnancies come from that. And it's not. Most of the time, it's just inconvenient for people. That's what people are doing. They're saying, I got to go to college. I got a scholarship. I got a thing to go in the, uh, what, do, what do they have when they draft or NFL right, draft NFL, and all this other right. stuff? That's I don't have right. time to be a parent. I got to, I could be on the right. starter on the NFL team or something, or right. I can go to college and get this great thing. And unfortunately, that's where we have to grab these young people before these things happen. Right. And we're all probably old enough to have children and grandchildren, right. I'm assuming, on this call. I try to talk to talk to them about it um, when they'll listen. But the thing is, we have to stand up for life. We have to. I mean, it's not saying that anybody in this, this in the sound of my voice maybe hasn't terminated a pregnancy. Right. We might have done it. But look at the aftermath of stuff that happens emotionally to people when when they do that. It's like we're not saying to me, be mean to anybody. We don't want people to go through the the emotional baggage that it comes with that, yes, and it, it comes it with is, it. It, does. it comes. It is a it pain. You you gonna you remember that God forgives yeah. you, of course, and you, yes. you can heal. Your heart can heal. But we have to stand up for life, even though, say you say somebody says, "Well, I've done that, so how can I stand up and say other people don't do it?" But you you lied before in your life, and you don't you don't support lying, do you? You might have stolen some something in your life, but you're not going to get out there and say, "I have a right to steal." Right. You're not going to say that, even though you might have stole something. You might have had some ungodly relationships, sexual or other, you know, other things, but you don't support those things. Right. But yet people think that they should support the issue or maybe they don't want to stand up against it because maybe they've done it before or something. But maybe we used to smoke cigarettes and we stopped. So we'll, we'll still tell other people, you know, that's really not good for your health. Right. Or we might have eat, had a bad eating habits or some other thing. And we've tried to stop doing it and we don't want to continue to, to 
promote something that's unhealthy. That's right. And also, too, this whole thing, it got roused up. It's, it's, a, it's a very strong uh, topic to talk about. It, there are a lot of emotions on both sides, strong on both sides. But the Bible says when Moses and the children of Israel was in the wilderness, when they had just left out of Egypt, the Bible said Moses, the people delayed. Moses went up on the mountain, Mount Sinai, to receive the commandments. The people and God delayed it on purpose because He wanted to test the hearts of the people. He told Moses to stay up here for forty days and forty nights. They thought Moses had died. When Moses was up there, God was testing their hearts. What was in their hearts? God tests the heart. That's how He know our intention of what we're doing, what we do. See. All this trickery and deceit that goes on in mm. political arena mm. on both sides. They'll say, hey, you got to come on. You got to get on the board. Get on. And see, that's why I tell you, many years ago, my grandmother, my great-grandmother and my grandmother, my mother and them were devout in the civil rights movement. They were very devout. My grandmother and them knew Dr. King. My father's father, they knew Dr. <clears throat> King and met him on a couple occasions. Matter of fact, Dr. King came to, my, to Pamela's grandfather's church in Queens. He came to the Mount Horn. I saw a picture of him. One of her older cousins showed us a picture of him coming there to speak before he went to the uh, big uh, rally they had in Washington, D.C. He was trying to get support in the North for the rally in D.C. But I'm just trying to tell you, the people will take, they'll take Christian rights and put all kind of wickedness under mm -hmm. it and say, Lord, bless this. God is not going to bless no mess. I'm sorry. He's not going to do it for us, for me and Pam. He's not going to do it for the Pope. He's not going to do it for the Queen of England. He's not going to do it for nobody because God is holy. And that's why he said, be ye holy because I am holy. And the reason why I'm telling you is it is imperative, brothers and sisters, that you read the word for yourself. And that's why Paul said, I have you not to be ignorant. These, these, this, is a, this is a time of propaganda, and we got social media, which is so much deceit and trickery, mm -hmm. that it makes people believe, instead of you going to church, now to try to use it, well, let's question the contents of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Is it real? And then you hear a lot of people with a lot of education, <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with that, but they become wise in their own mind. Mm -hmm. And so they figure, well, the best way, do you only, this, you, why, why do you think that this thing is heating up between um, uh, Elon Musk buying that, uh, um, buying that Facebook, buying that uh, Twitter, is because they don't want people to have free speech. They want to control what we say, what we do, and how we act, and what we can say. This is the same thing I told you. When me and Pamela traveled throughout Germany for two weeks, and we learned how all this stuff firsthand, how the Germans shut down the communication. If you would get on a plane right now, this was back in the 30s, in the 40s, when it was going on. If you get on a plane right now, and they took you to North Korea, where that dictator, that uh, that that uh pop belly dictator over there over there right now and you walk in that country you wouldn't even hear nothing but different a whole different newscast inside because they got that country on a lockdown where they're going to tell the people what to think and that's what this is all about mm -hmm. it's about control mm -hmm. so satan know that the only way he can use this he got to get in the hearts and the minds of people in the democrats the hearts and the mind of people in the republicans to help them, you got to get on board because see, they this is what they doing right now. If they and, I, and I'm not a person to tell nobody how to vote. That's not my business. Pastors don't have no place to be doing that. I'm just telling you, be not ignorant. Be careful what you're voting for because this season, I see everybody on the TV. Oh, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. You know, 
you know, I, I hear the lies all along, but what I'm trying to tell you this is ask God as you vote, pray and ask God what would be wise to vote for, because I don't want to be voting in a thing that's coming against you, contradicting your mm -hmm. will and my life. And so God, you got to be careful about that. God hasn't changed his mind. Amen. He doesn't, contradict, he doesn't contradict himself and he doesn't give a person a right that would take away another person's life. Right. Period. He doesn't say, well, you got a right. You don't like that person that lives next door. And so you can just kill that person because he's annoying or he's going to get in your way if you, you know, whatever. I'm sure he wouldn't say that. And, it, and it, when it comes down to your right and somebody else's right, now it, it's a thing if somebody's threatening your life, I suppose that you can kill in self-defense. If somebody's trying to kill you it's, and you have to kill to save yourself or your family, I think that's a different story than killing some unborn person that is just trying to live. They're just trying to live. They, they, run, they move their little fingers and feet around and stuff like that. And they're just trying to live in there. And the, you know, I just think it's just cruel. I, I just, it's cruelty. And everybody keeps talking about a woman's right. God does not, he doesn't give you a right to take away somebody else. Now, people do get raped and people do have incest and a very few amount of people. And I'm not, I, I wouldn't want to be in those positions and I, I don't know how God would look at those, or I'm sure he would forgive anybody for, for what, if they ended a pregnancy for any reason, not just rape or incest. But when you start talking about a right, where is that little tiny person's right? Where's their right? Like, they have a right. They have a right. They're a human. And if you don't believe they're a human, Jeremiah 1 and 5, Psalms 139 and 13, Genesis 25 and 21. Luke 141, Psalms 139, 13. We all believe the Bible. We all believe the Bible. I get it when people in the world don't, because they can, they can afford in their belief system to say that that person is a human. We can't, if we, not if we believe the Bible. I mean, unsaved people, unchurched people, unbiblical people, they can say that it's not a human being. They can say that and they can believe that. Or they can say that a woman has a right because in this other thing that they call it a blob of, nothingness doesn't have a right they they can say that and they can maybe even believe that I, but i don't know how bible reading bible believing god fearing people believe that i don't i don't no matter whether that's been your history or not i mean even like i said again and i'll say it again even if you might have lied before you're not okay with with people being a big liar if you've stolen something you're not okay with people stealing you're not saying well i stole something so i'm gonna stick up for people to steal or I'm going to stick up for people that's a big liar because I've lied in the past or I've been mean to people. So I'm going to stick up for people just being mean to other people. You know, I think you should defend yourself in, in those times that you need to defend yourself. If someone, and if you're in a war, you might have to be a, take a godly life for a godly war purpose. And that, that's not against God because if you're in, a, in, a, in an armed conflict, you might have to take a life. Those are different situations than, than, than an unborn life. And I, you know, you have to just kind of weigh these things out. You have to look at what the Bible says about it. And I don't even know how it's a, it's a debate with when, when there's a believer in, in, in the conversation. Unsaved people, yes, I can see that. Not in church, right? Well, yes. And also, too, when I looked on uh, also, too, I would really caution you to pray. Ask God how much time you should be on that social media. Be very careful about that. It's, bre it's really brainwashing how they brainwash people from becoming, they were claiming to be Christians. And now they're thinking like the world and a left God. 
there's a decline. The Bible said there's a great falling away. It's happening right now because a lot of people are going to follow the ways of the world. They want they don't they want to be neutral, but that's not going to work. We either going to be on God's side or we're going to be on the world side. Let me tell you something. A, a lot of things is going to happen, and you see these people if they were that if they were that stirred up. And see, let me tell you, if you go on your I got we have Comcast right now. You can go there and pick. It says on demand. And what I'm hearing right now a lot of times is sin, what it is, we want rights and sin on demand. We want to live our lives the way we want to. That's what I'm hearing. That's, this is what God is seeing because he knows what's in their hearts while they're doing this. And we must stand up. But God knows that's good talk and it sounds good. But God, you can't, we can't, none of us can fool God. You know, think we ever will. No matter how many speeches and march, you can march here over the ocean to the other side of the continent or walk on water. God knows what's really in our heart while we're doing that. We cannot fool him with all the mass crowds and they think they, they march around. Now it became, like I said, protesting has changed. It's not like it used to be. Well, my grandmother, not when they did sit-ins, that was just, but now it's getting to a point, mob rule. Marble, this is what was going on in Nazi Germany because they realized what they were doing when they was when they started uh threatening and then now it turned in from protesting, it goes into violence and go into murder. That's what it goes into. It leads from one extreme to another extreme to another extreme. And that's why I say a lot of time when Satan gets into an organization mm -hmm. and he takes the wheel, all he needs is the right person to compromise. And let me tell you these college politicians. Politicians love power and they love money and they like the girl and they'll sell their own mother's soul to keep that power. Yeah. And you don't know how crazy these people are up there right there. And that's Amen. the thing too about that's politics. Too. I am so, we've always considered ourselves apolitical, although we're, yes. we're conservatives. Yes. But we don't look at ourselves as a part of either one of these affiliated uh, political organizations in the United States because like my husband says all the time, you got to shake a lot of dirty hands to be in politics. I'm not gonna say I don't like them. I'm, you're supposed to love all human beings, but I do not look at any of them as somebody that represents my life as a Christian. And my husband had to really kind of counsel me the other day because I said, I'm done with politics to the point. I'm not voting for none of these people. My husband said, now, come on now, just come on. Let's pray about that part because we still have a responsibility to be a part of the solution. But this is how far I've gotten sick of politics because every, none of it is, it, is pointing to where we need to go as a Christian. None of it is pointing to our eternal destiny. None of it is, they're saying, I'll do this, I'll do that. I'll give you free everything. Giving free stuff, that, that's not getting somebody into heaven. And I'm not, I don't think they're supposed to be preachers. They have their job, we have our job as preachers. But I look at so many things that you see on the news. As a matter of fact, the news is so biased. That's why I sent y'all that bias chart. I hope everybody got to look at that. If you look at one side of news and you only look at one, your mind is going to be as brainwashed as Satan wants you to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about either side. If you look at all left news, you might go out and blast somebody in the church tomorrow because yeah. you don't like black people. Yeah. Or you, if you look at the other side, you might go and get an abortion because you think, well, it's really not a human life. It's just a blob of tissue. If you're inundating yourself with a bunch of crazy news that, that people are, they have an agenda. They stir people up. Yeah. I, I don't know who, what news that, list, that little guy listened to that was um, going around killing black people, but he listened to somebody and it wasn't the Bible. So know what you're listening to, know what you're reading, know what you're, who, these people are, it's like people are just big, big just mindless dummies just sitting there looking at this stuff and just taking it as fact. 
take it, examine it, look at every channel. I look at every channel and I, I have to for my job anyways. I mean, that's what I have to do. I have to watch CNN, complete leftist machine. Got to watch Fox, complete right-wing machine. And I watch ABC News and AP and Reuters because they're in the middle and they tend to not be have a political agenda. But know what you're watching, know what you're consuming, mm -hmm. know what you're listening, who you're listening to, and know where your opinions are coming from. I heard a lady the other day say something as fact. And I, because I had seen the story on CNN that same day, I said, that lady got that straight out of CNN. It was like word for word. And she was parroting it like, like some kind of dummy puppet, like a big dummy. And I'm saying, don't be a dummy. <laughs> Do not be a dummy. Listen, learn, examine. My husband is very well read on world politics and he just makes it a point of doing it. You know, we're all not going to do that, but I think we should at least know who we're listening to and we should ask everything. God, what is your opinion on this? What do you think? And if you, in your heart of hearts, if you ask God, what is your opinion on this unborn life? You, I, I, I asked somebody to tell me that God would tell you is worth nothing. It's just a blob. Get rid of it. Who cares? It's nobody. But I, even if you're not, even we're all Christians and we we only believe what Jesus Christ says. We're but any religion, Buddhist, Hindu, uh, anybody, is cares about unborn life. I don't know where we got the fact that it's, it, it it doesn't matter. That's what I don't understand. Well, the hearts of many will be turned wax cold. And there are, there are so many things. There are like one or two other things that I wanted to mention while we was on here today. There are so many. If we, Like I said, I'm going to put that aside because there's the other two things that we almost forgot adding on to this right here. We are facing some major challenges right now. And I don't know how imperative I could say this. You pray about it. When we, when we give you these scriptures, don't just take us at face value. Read Amen. them for yourself. Right. Read it for yourself. You have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we'll even send you a Bible. But please read it for yourself because there are things that are going on right now we have never seen. You got a new COVID virus on the move right now. Another one rising right now that you didn't know about. This is just starting to come back up in the Northeast right now. We got food shortages now. This is on the rise right now. We got... Sri Lanka was a beautiful country down at the tip of India, Sri Lanka. I believe it was Sri Lanka. Uh, there were people fighting in the streets, hurting each other, almost killing each other for food. And the other day, I went into the grocery store. Me and Pamela went into the store. I don't, you know, once in a while, we like the little ice cream. The ice cream shelves are half emptied in there, right? Now, this is a major grocery store in the United States of America right now. So I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm not saying this to put fear in you. I'm telling you because God always warned. When God sent down the 10 plagues on Egypt, he warned Moses to tell the people what was going to happen. Now, I'm not Moses, but I'm telling you one thing. The signs at the times are here. We cannot on one hand have sin and then demands. And when march, march and protest for sin and think we're going to get God's mercy on the other hand. It doesn't work like that. We're going to have to decide. We're going to be all the way with God or we're going to be all with the world. The Bible says where one scripture talks about rioters, to avoid them because their feet are swift to destruction. And that's where it leads to chaos, confusion, destruction. We got food shortages across the United States. 
This is the first time that I can remember in my lifetime a food shortage, not only regular food, you got baby food shortages right now. Right now, the, so the, these are signs that something is really going on. You got a, a stock market right now, it's in complete drop mode right now. So if you got a 401k, you may protect yourself. And let me get back to the food thing. If I would strongly urge you to try to store as much food as you can up when you can in water. I would urge you that you could do what you want to do. I'm just telling you out of love. It's just out of love. Store as much as you can right now because there may come a time that the government said, we don't, we, we don't have no more money. We can't help you. We're almost out of money right now. Now, I'm like I said, I've been praying about Ukraine. That's nice. I love my brothers and my sisters over there. The church is over there. God bless them. But let me tell you something. That ain't, that's only one crisis Amen. that's going on right now. That's one. You you got right now in South Africa. Right now, we're not even helping them with the with the COVID down there in South. I was real shocked to find this out. This is somebody who was on the board of Atlanta City Council was telling me we are, we're not even sharing this stuff with Africa down in South Africa to help the people with COVID down there. They're getting it from Europe. We're supposed to be helping them. We want to help all these people. Why not help them down there too? Amen. And then you got the civil war that's going on right now in, uh, in, um, in um, the civil war that is going on right now in the, in the land we were just talking about. Oh, Jesus, we'll come back well, to Ethiopia. Yeah, yeah. Ethiopia war. Mm -hmm. There's a civil war going on right now over there. You got all kinds of problems in, in Haiti has never been straightened out since that massive earthquake, since, since the former first lady Michelle Obama went down there to visit, it's been, it's been, it's been like that since nothing that much has changed down there. You've had an assassination down there have took her place down there, although the president down there. So we got major problems right now. And you got people right now who you got shortages. You got, un, I, I've never felt so un, unsafe in my own country in the history. And this is the start on the one president. This is like a thing that started spiraling out of control. And like I said, if we would do like take a lead, take, let's take Jehoshaphat. When he saw that his country was in sin, the first thing he did was call a fast. When the enemies were surrounding in Jerusalem, he called the fast and the people confessed from the Bible, from the oldest to the youngest. They confessed themselves, repented, and they sanctified themselves, and God delivered them. If we were practice that here in the United States, but remember, everything is political correctness. So you want to try to micromanage God, which is not going to happen, but we can't get no deliverance from God like that. Let me get back right here right now. There are a lot of people that are filthy rich right now that you know that the gap is getting wider and wider and the government is getting more and more in debt right now. The more debt the government get in, let me tell you why it affects us, because every human being, the more government, now let me tell you this before I go any further, let me give you some update, some update what's going on right now. If you haven't been paying attention, the money that we give to Ukraine, which I'm all into helping them, we that goes to the, every dollar we give out, the taxpayer of the United States has to pay more taxes. Are you happy with the gas prices right now? We should be paying $1.50 for gas. We got more oil in the United States than almost anywhere that's been found right now, just sitting up there in north part of the United States there, South Dakota. We got a ocean of water underneath them between right on the border where is we gonna we have gas should be a dollar fifty the most a dollar seventy five right it's ridiculous why don't we yeah, use the one because we because the reason why because the the uh, environmentalists put the pressure on Biden and he cut off the oil the gas 
and they put the pressure. That's why I'm talking about politicians to be pressured into making bad legislation. And now we're something. The other day I gassed up, it was $70. Before, it would cost me $35. That's double. So a lot of families heard there are other more pressing issues that are on the book right now, on the table right now that we need to face right now. You got a COVID going on right now. You got, a, you got unbelievable fires spreading right over the West Coast right now. Again, right now. We're seeing a world that's unstable. The United States is unstable. You don't have the United States of America. Mm. You got divided states of America right now. Red against blue, blue against. There's nobody willing to even come together, but they're too prideful. One is right and go. The Bible said, the Bible said, God look down and know not one. There's an, I'm going to tell you this right now. All these people that are getting rich, and now this is why I will tell you, this is the most important thing I want you to catch right here. When we talk about Revelations chapter four and one, write that down. The Bible says, be ye ready for nobody know the hour that the son of man comes back. The time and Jesus prophesied all of this was going to happen in the last days, Timothy chapter two, about people be lovers of themselves and loves of pleasure more than lovers of God. But watch this right here. In Revelation chapter four, Jesus said, I am coming. Revelation chapter one and seven, he says, I am coming the clouds and every eye shall see the Son of Man and great power and glory. Now, in Revelation chapter 4 and 1, he says, I'm coming to snatch you up and evacuate. Now, let me tell you something. Before Russia invaded Ukraine, President Biden gave the order to evacuate the U.S. embassy there. So all of the European, United States, evacuate the whole staff out of there. That is what God is getting ready to do in Revelation chapter four one. He's going to evacuate us out because the world is going to be turned completely into a mess, and all the marching and protesting because God already spoke it was going to happen. He already spoke it out; it was going to happen. Jesus said it'll be in a time of Noah. We can sit down and have dialogue, and we can sit down and talk about the problem. But God's word is going to come to pass. Nothing in Washington is going to change that. Nowhere else is going to change that. Because God's word is spoken. It's already, the order has been given. The world is going to be a mess. And you know And what? it's already in a mess. And there's there's things that are prophesied, even some of these wars. I mean, we will, yeah. we are praying that there'll be peace. Yeah. But some, some peace is not going to come because God has already shown us through the scriptures, like if you look in the book of Daniel, how some of this unrest is part of the end time scenario. It's part of what's going to be happening. It's part of purging. It's part of his end times um, calendar. Some stuff we're not going to be able to stop. Some stuff we're going to have to get ourselves ready. Now, in, in the targeted community, we could look at that as maybe, well, we don't we want this earth to get better here so we can have something besides all this, this uh, pain that we've been having. And maybe you'll have that piece here, and maybe you won't. I believe, I believe when the word says the righteous will be recompensed in the earth, I believe that God will make some kind of provision for us to have... Um, a revealing or an ending of some of these, these suffering types things that we're going through. But we don't know to what extent he's going to relieve it. We don't know exactly how much he's going to relieve or if it's going to get, it's going to be exactly a wonderful life and before he comes back. We know that some things are going to get worse before he comes back. And we know that if we're targeted, and a lot of people are, some more than others, the thing that I would be hoping for is the, the life that we know he's promised for us, but everybody's different. And so I know people do aren't expecting some things to happen in this life and, and God may do that, but then he may not. And I think one thing we have to continue to do is look at our suffering even as part of, part of God's end time plan. 
because he said in his word that all that desire to live godly will suffer persecution. Yeah. Not even live godly. Like who lives godly every day? But all we all, most of us desire to do that. And he's gonna, he said, we're gonna be going through certain things. And he says all, also that we have the victory. It doesn't look like it, but he did say, what is the victory that overcomes our, the, the, the world, even our faith? Our faith would help us overcome some of these, some of these um, things that we're going through. Now, let me say this also, you're so right. Let me say this right now. There are a lot of people getting filthy rich. Let me tell you what's gonna happen. Let me tell you the greatest security God told you in Jeremiah 29, 11. I don't care. You remember when the, when the disciples were in the ship with Jesus, we are in the ark of safety on the ship, on the sea of Capernaum. Jesus, they were fearful because they saw the storms submerging the ship. When Jesus, he, what was Jesus doing? He was laying down and laying on a certain pillow at the stern of the ship. Because he realized he was in control, whether he was sleeping, he was awake, he was still in control. So when he came, he rebuked the wind, and the Bible said, who was this that even the wind command him and obey him? Let me tell you about the rich people that think they don't need God. I'm not talking about the ones that are serving God. I'm talking about the ones that think they don't need God, because they got it all together right now. Ezekiel 7 and chapter 19 say this. After the church has been snatched away, this is after we have been the second exodus. The one was out of Egypt. And this one will be in the glories of heaven. So get ready. Look, Jesus is coming. After Jesus take the church, this is in Ezekiel 7, 19. They shall cast their silver in the street and mm. their gold and remove their silver. Says it was not able, they say their gold and silver was not able to deliver them from the wrath mm. of the Lord. And they shall not be satisfied. They, should, they shall be filled with iniquity. Wow. And a stumbling block. The Bible said they're going to cast. Where, so no matter how much, that right here. Seven, they, shall seven, cast, seven, they shall cast their silver and their gold. So I don't care if you're a trigger there. Sure, the TV is promoting, oh, look how rich this person is. But let me tell you something. Where are they going when they leave this body, mm -hmm. when they leave this earth? That's the most important thing. And they said they will cast their gold and silver and the and was not able to deliver them in the day of wrath. Now, you people that you feel, the ones that are targeted, I got some good news to you right now. This, uh, here's another chapter I've just been reading about this right now, is that um, God has promised this. How many of you know, but you got to believe this, that God cannot lie. Mm -hmm. That even though God's time is not timing, his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are our thoughts, and the way God does things, he does not always give us all the details. Sometimes I think it would confuse us if he do give us too much details. And watch this. And Revelations chapter six, I just read this, Revelations chapter six, and I read the Bible from cover to cover over and over again. I get more revelation as God revealed this in Revelation six. And let me start out in verse number 12. These are the ones that claim dominion and persecuting the Christians that are targeting. Watch this, have been targeted. Watch this. God says, I got to come back, not only to rapture the church, but I got some, I got some big debts to pay for the ones that did evil against my people. Amen. I got to pay you back now. And behold, the door was open in the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth as hair and the moon was blood and the stars of heaven fell down to the earth and the big trees clashed utterly. Watch this and watch this. And the heavens, would de the heavens departed as the stroll was rolled together and every mountain and every island was moved out of this pace. Mm. 
because of a great earthquake. Amen. Watch this, watch this. And number 15 says, then here's the mighty men and women of earth that need God. And the kings of the earth and the great men, the rich, the chief captains, and the mighty men of every bondman that were free and was in dens. Rocks hid themselves in dens of the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us. And they tried to hide themselves from he that sits upon the throne. (laughs) And that was the lamb, the wrath of the land. For the great day of the wrath has come. And who is able to stand? (laughs) See, it doesn't matter how much money you got. God ain't impressed by that. He said, okay, you got a lot of money. What are you doing to promote the gospel? What are you doing? How many, how many hospitals are you building and giving it to kids that are poor? How many, how, you got all this money. How many kids, how many, how many of those old bases that we have, instead of body yachts and stuff we need right now, but let's go back over here. Okay. Let's give it, let me give my context. Okay? So, and uh, he wants us to stand up for his word. That's yeah. what he wants us to do. We're not perfect in it every day. He wants us to stand up for his word. He wants us to stand up for people that don't have a voice, for the fatherless, for the orphans, for the widows, for old folks, for targeted people, people that are that are being, um, you know, treated cruel, cruelly. I mean, even in that nursing home, we've seen them do just mean Mm, stuff to people. Yes. Cursing them. Get your A in that room and just mean. Yes. I'm like, why do you work around people if you're so mean? There's we gotta stick up for it. This is what God is expecting us to do. He's expecting us to stick up for widows and orphans, people that don't have a voice, people that are unborn, people that are um poor, people that have been targeted, they've been persecuted, they're they're under different kinds of demonic oppression, witchcraft and, and cruel treatment from, from, from targeting groups and things. And also to remember this, there are a, a according to what I just did some research on there are over 1 million kids that need to be adopted across the United States. 1 million kids. And what I'm saying is right now, these kids did not ask to come here. They were born. They should be treated like a human being and treated with good right. We have a lot of internal problems inside our country. Like I said, I'm, I'm all for benevolence outside our country, but we got so many problems inside our country right now. And it's sad that we're trying to look good before the world on the world stage. But let's let's take care of home. Charity starts at home in the United States first. We got well, our children need our this children being abused, mm-hmm. hurt, physically, sexually, mentally assaulted, you know, all kind of evils. And Satan is unleashing all kind of wickedness on the earth, right? This ain't just no accident. Jesus said all these things were going to come to pass. And Satan know if he can corrupt, if he can destroy young lives, he know that's one less voice he got to deal with it's going to preach the gospel. He know that. He, see, he Even he knows that. Amen. But the more he, and like the Bible says in Egypt, the more they murdered those kids, the, Egypt, the, the, the Hebrews, when they threw all those kids, they didn't show you this in the Ten Commandments. Let me tell you what they did. They used to throw those kids to the crocodiles to eat. Mm. That's what they said. Now, look they're up. doing the same thing. They saw it in the crowd. They said, "What well, they said." Pharaoh told them the calf. There were two women in there. I forgot their name. Look it up right quick. There were two women in there that were slaves to Pharaoh, and he told them to cast all the males 
into the Nile to be eaten up by crocodiles, but save the females. Okay, and they, he got mad and ordered them before him. And they said, we fear God. We can't do no such thing like that. We'd rather die than to give these kids. And they refused to do that. That's why Moses was cast upon the waters in a basket, the saving of his life, because he was supposed to be cast into that river, be eaten up by crocodiles. So the crocodiles, so what, what Pharaoh, they didn't show you this in the Ten Commandments, but they will show you this, that those those two women feared God because they knew the value two of midwives. two midwives. This, you know is Exodus, this is in Exodus 1 and 15, 15, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Am I correct? Three, 1 right. 15. Said, now, some of these names I'm not Shapura and Apura. Uh, well, poor. These two women feared God. They were not that out there protesting. They was obeying God. And then Pharaoh turned around and got mad and ordered them back and said, well, why didn't you do what I can get? says, you know why? Because we fear God. That's right, why. Right. We did, well, he was telling them, we're not disrespecting you, but we fear and we value the sanctity of life. Mm. We value the sanctity <laughs> of life. Let me read that. Hey, man. God, says, Jesus. Um, if you haven't do it, repent and start doing it today. Let me read Go that. Ahead, but the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt <clears throat> commanded, but let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called them to him and said, well, why have you done this? Why did you let them live? And they said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptians. They are vigorous to give birth and midwives come to them. And so God dealt with them and the people multiplied and grew very strong. And the midwives feared God and he gave them families. And Pharaoh commanded all of his people, every son that is born in Hebrew, you should cast into the Nile. Mm. You should let every daughter live. So yeah. those people right. were yeah. even willing to, to, you know, not do something wicked that everybody was telling them to do. And I, I like this saying that I saw, uh, or somebody said it, but then I saw it online. It said, the truth is still the truth, mm -hmm. even if nobody believes it. Right. And a lie is still a lie, even if everybody believes it. Right. Everybody might believe that you know, life is not important. Or everyone might, might believe that you can do what you want, mm -hmm. but it's not true. Mm -hmm. God's word is eternal. Amen. It's the only thing that's going to be for it would still be in heaven when we get there. It'll mm -hmm. be there. Amen. We need to be on God's side. We're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And nobody in the sound of my voice is. Nobody on this Amen. earth. But you know what? We can make it our goal to do everything we can to be as close to that Bible, to be as close to what God tells us to do, to love on people, to help people, to help people, all kinds of people that are in distress and things like that, to, to obey the laws and to do, do good when we can. And you know what? Also, remember all that child that was saved from that Nile was Moses. Mm -hmm. And he delivered a nation. And the Bible says freedom was born. Now those two women, they were slaves to Pharaoh. They were he, they were he, they were Hebrew women. They were slaves. They didn't they didn't give into cultural change, mm -hmm. political correct. political correctness. They stood firm Amen. that we're gonna stand even if it call if we gotta be thrown into the crocodiles pit. We would rather do that than to disrupt and destroy these child. And they knew the value. And I'm gonna tell you something. I can only imagine what esteem how God esteemed them in heavenly places. Now, let me tell you something. To disobey Pharaoh at that time was an automatic death sentence, basically. Pharaoh was afraid to touch them after they took that stand, and he never put his hand, he never ordered them no more to do that. And the women, I believe today, are in high esteem. That's why God, I believe, on purpose had their name put into the Bible to show them. Their name is not as famous as Moses and them, but they are the ones that stood firm. Support life. This is not political. 
It is not political on either side. It's biblical. It's not political. It's biblical. It's God's way. If we're gonna, if we're gonna, we can. I, I don't know how people close it. Let me tell you something. I, as me and family, as a pastor, I cannot go in the Bible and pick and choose what I'm gonna obey and disobey. I cannot change or alter this Bible because Paul says, "Let them be a curse if they add anything to this Bible, or if they take anything out of this Bible. Do not touch that. That's holy." That's why it's called the Holy Bible. God is not interested in our input. He's interested in our obedience and our submitting our lives to him. And we don't get to debate with God what we're gonna, what we're gonna support. And it doesn't work like that with him. You said, Lord, I, I want you to be the head of my life. I want you to be my savior. I want you to be my God. So Jesus said, you know what? They give up, deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow me. Because that means that you got to give up all that stuff with the people in the world. I don't walk away from a lot. Of, there's a lot of men groups and men Pam. I don't give up a lot. Of, I don't care about that stuff no more. Because when I, you know what I'm saying? When I leave this earth, hmm. wherever the rapture, none of that will probably be mentioned before the throne of God. And I want to be able to stand on that day and say, well done, my good sir. What do you, how do you think Moses felt when he had to give up being a prince and he had to go to being a slave? You know, that's a, a huge different lifestyle. But you know what? Right now, he's regarded as one of the greatest prophets in the Bible. And John the Baptist also, is, but Jesus said this, if you didn't believe Moses, why would they believe me? Brothers and sisters, we're only telling you the truth. It's only in love. It's nothing pointed toward nobody. It is pointing toward the darkness that's roaming over the earth right now. You guys, like I said, I'll say one more time, if you can, please look up the scriptures for yourself. Mm -hmm. Do the research. I'm asking you one more thing. Load up your, I'm not trying to be hoarders, but just be wise. We are living in perilous times. Load up on food, load up on fresh water, and load up on to uh, toilet paper right now because we don't know what's going to happen. And God help America. It ain't God bless America. God help America. That's all we really got for today. And we are basically done. And I appreciate um, Reverend Black and her whole staff of ministers and everybody that helps on our ministry staff. You know, our ministry is a little bit different, but one thing we will say, one thing we preach the truth. We right. will not compromise this word because if me and Pam compromise this word or we change it or water it down, we are surely going to answer to God one day for that. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not that interested in being popular. I'm not interested in huge crowds, no big church and all. I'm more interested in fulfilling the will of God for my life. But I thank God that my mother I thank God. We are not, remember, you are not of this world. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you're going to feel like a stranger. <laughs> you're on the right I'm side yep. then, believe That's me, because right. the world That's is going right. to hell That's as fast right. they can. And let me tell you something, they don't care nothing about God. They just want their way at any means. That all that anger and energy is demonic. It's not even God. It's not even right. It's demonic anger that's mm. stirred up right now. And Satan knows when people are emotionally charged like that, he can use them. What do you think would happen? It was the crowd that was saying, crucify him. What do you, what do you, who do you, who do you, who do you think that was behind that? The Bible says that the crowd, the, the people, the Sanhedrin got into the people. These were the, these were the people who were supposed to be representing God. They were the main ones telling people, tell, they were, they were, they were threatening the people to tell them, give us Barabbas. They didn't care nothing about Barabbas. They just wanted to kill Jesus so they go back into corruption. That's all it was. They wanted Jesus out of the way because he was he was exposing their hypocrisy. So they figured we get rid of Jesus, we'll take Barabbas a murderer. You see how ignorant and foolish they were. They took a murderer 
over the one was gonna say they lied. That's how black was found. A murderer, Barabbas was a murderer, a thief. He killed a woman in a house and stole her money. He was a murderer, a convicted murderer. So they wanted somebody that murdered, then somebody was giving life. The ones they were the one that took life over the one that weighed them life. And he was the only one that could save our soul. Washington, D.C. is whoever sits in that White House is not going to save your soul. They're not, whoever sits in the Senate is not going to save your soul. Whoever's on the Supreme Court is not going to save us because these people can compromise, they'll water down, and they can mislead you because you know why? There's people controlling them. Mm -hmm. When you sit in that seat and you feel the sting of that demonic power coming from different places, you, you, you have to play the political dance so everybody, and see, you know why? That's why it says, God help them, because they will all, all, every one of them going to stand before God, and they're going to give an account how they led this nation. God bless you. Y'all go in peace, and we love you. And let, let, let me tell you one thing. We did it. We said it's all in love. We love you. And let me tell you something. What you're going through right now, God understands. He knows your sorrow. He knows your pain. He knows your agony. But I'm going to tell you something right now. This is a good time to reinstate yourself back in with God right now. Don't just say, Lord, answer my prayer. And like the rest, all these people want to do, they want God to answer their prayer, but they don't want to submit their lives to God. That's not going to work. You're going to have to go in, both feet in. In America, they got this casual Christianity. You know, that, that's a sad thing. In the United States, we have a casual, we got people just want to be entertained. The difference is I noticed in the Middle East, even though I am not a Muslim, but one thing I can say about them people, we were over there, they were very committed to praying five times a day. How many times do we pray a day? Five times. They get up at five in the morning and pray. They, they were so radical about it that we didn't even have to, we didn't have to get an alarm clock. The guys start praying. We woke up. I said, well, it must be five o'clock because they were that serious. Anytime you walk, we walk through the airports and they have praying areas where they, they would take they put their mat down and they bow down and they pray. I've never seen that before in my life. If you did it here in the United States, it would be a face up. You can't do that. You know? But you know what, Lord? <laughs> we don't want you to tell. We'll call you when we need you. We want you just to be the genie in the bottle when the next crisis comes. And believe me, it's going to be a lot more before it's all over. They'll be running back to God just like Israel. You read, read the book of Chronicles. They wanted God when the crisis came. And then they said, nope, we don't need you. We'll have them. We're smart. We've been there. We've been to Harvard. We've been here. We know how to handle all that. Yeah, you, you got us in a great $31 trillion. You're doing an excellent job. Oh, hallelujah. $31 trillion. Y'all are doing a great job. You all of y'all need to get on Air Force One, two, four, five, and go home. Because as far as I'm concerned, y'all are good for nothing. When you don't <laughs> obey God and you run up debts, and that goes for every one of them, the Democrats, to reform, you're good for nothing. Because anytime you're leading a country in this much crisis, and you're trying to do it in your strength, rather than real to the one who could fix this problem, could show us how to turn the problems around. Anytime you exalt yourself over God, you don't deserve to hear from God. If you can't humble yourself, I'm sorry. That's just the way I feel. And, I, and that, that goes for Trump and that goes for Biden and both together. Anytime you exalt yourself, you're going to be humble one way or another that day because you ain't saving nobody. This country is going down. And the only person going to save that is the one that sits upon the throne. He's the only one. No one man can change. We are in so many crises right now, all over the world right now. That can no one man fix around the price. The, the problems are so 
uh, they're so catastrophic all over the world that it's, we're almost out of money right now. Did you know that? We're almost out of money right now. We're out of, we're almost out. We got crisis like you know, and you don't don't let me don't let me let me not even get into this. Twenty percent of the police force across the United States. Look it up on your computer. Have retired on Exodus. We got right now in Atlanta. They said we're down by six hundred police officers. Look at the crime we've got here in Atlanta. Here in Atlanta, this is where, where I live. This is where I live. We got crime every day. A shooting every day. Gangs all over, all over the United States. And they're talking about we want we want to defund the police. You really want that? You'll be like in a time of Beirut, the time when my best friend went over there when he joined the Navy, and they were living hostages inside the street. Think about this: no police, and everybody. And we already got this mess right now. Think about this: no police. There may come a time the government may have to authorize martial law because it will be so. It will be. We will be. We will be living hostages. We've never endured nothing like this before. Oh, you really? Yes, it has. Look at Nazi Germany. It took five years, four years to get that country back under control. And all these groups at the same time were fighting for the fighting to snatch power from, uh, from Hindenburg. And that one group that survived and knocked off all the other groups was the Nazi party. That's what happened when you got chaos. Wicked forces come up under the surface. And everybody got, and then let me tell you something. There are several hundred groups in the United States, hate groups, that are plotting, waiting for the opportunity to overthrow this government. Uh, on, uh, you would not believe how many groups are in hiding in places throughout the U.S., spread out, waiting to overthrow this government. These are demonic forces waiting and witnesses, waiting for the opportunity to cause chaos, confusion, havoc, and all kinds of dismay all over the world right now. And right now, so right now, you pray for our country. You pray for our leaders that they will obey God and humble themselves. Pray for them. They're going to need it. I wouldn't want to sit in their seat right now. I wouldn't want to be there. I don't care. It don't mean that much to me. A few days, a few years of fame and eternity in hell. I'd rather be, I'd rather be an usher than doing God. I'm not interested in Milton. You know what I'm saying? They can't, can't, but I'm going to humble myself before God, and I want to sit at the welcome table. Amen. But I thought about today on my birthday when I got up, I said my prayers. I thought about how my mother took care of me and how she used to put oil on our head when we was kids. And I'll be done. I'm sorry I went over, y'all. Apologize. My mother used to kiss our heads, say, I love you, and you're a gift of God. Just kiss on top of that. And I remember that my mother used to put my little cap on my head because my fingers nailed so long, I used to scratch myself. So my mother had to put certain kind of gloves on my hand. You have three big hands. That's why I played basketball. But I said one day, your mothers loved you and cared for you. And I don't know if your dad was there, but I know they cared, they loved you. And they went through a lot of labor pain to have you. When they gave you birth, it was like a miracle that came out of that woman. So please stand up for life, please. I'm not saying those who, who might've, you know, had an abortion, God can forgive that. And he could, he said, I'll forgive you. Look at Avita King. That's the reason why she goes around yeah. saying this. She says it because she says, I'm the niece of Dr. King. I didn't know who she was. She was just at this conference we went to. She said, I messed up seven times. I, she didn't even have to do that, but she does it not to put her business out there, but let other women know, I did this. I'm guilty before God, but I am forgiven by God. And now I'm a champion for young lives. Let's champion y'all. These are young. This is the next generation. If God don't come back by then, who's going to take over the man or the ministry? If they're all gone. Amen. So y'all stand up for life, all right? And God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're done. Amen. Amen.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.